High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Well, it's strangely fortuitous that uh, we've played an advert for uh, cybersecurity because my guest is an expert on cybersecurity and the implications of cyber breaches for individuals, for businesses, and for government. And uh, they are varied and uh, not not a little frightening, shall I say. Graham Crook, welcome to Chai FM. Thank you very much, and thank you for inviting me to join you today. No, it's a pleasure. I, I was very keen to cover this area because it's an area we tend – it's one of those things you tend to hear about uh, – in the ether, but if you're not directly involved or you haven't faced a problem, you're not sure what the risks are and what needs to be done to either solve those the, the problems that result or mitigate against those risks. So perhaps I can start off by asking you an obvious question. What is cyber security and why do we need it? So we've got to look at cyber security in the context of a digitally connected world. Um, following the pandemic, the amount of connectivity and reliance on digital world and the interconnected world has increased dramatically. So cybersecurity is really the application of technologies, processes, and techniques to manage the controls which protect the systems, the networks, the programs, the devices, and your data from cyber attack. And when we talk about cyber attack, uh, maybe we could just yeah, introduce please. people who want to attack you and there are four distinct categories that we look at. So whether you're government or you're private, it's, it's different. If you're a government, you'll be concerned with things like nation state attacks. Mm-hmm. If you're a thing like a private business operating and listening to your advert about this game and the delivery, you would be subjected to things like criminal syndicates who want to attack you for ransom purposes. Mm -hmm. If you are um, a a government, again, you could be subject to industrial espionage. So effectively, the grid, Mm. the very famous grid that we talk about, is controlled by computers. Mm -hmm. It can be switched off by attackers. Mm And so cybersecurity is about protecting all your digital assets. Can, can I just start just picking up on the point you make about um, ha- hacking into uh, private companies for, for the purposes of ransom demand? I mean, that's, well, I suppose it's literally uh, electronic ha- um, hijacking is, 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 is what it is. Exactly what it is. And, and my impression is that very, very often um, private companies – sort of have no alternative to paying the ransom because they have to get back their information and to try and recover it in any other way would would be nigh impossible or certainly take too long. Am I I on the right track on that? 100% correct. So I personally have been involved in a number of board meetings where an ethical decision has had to be made as to whether or not you pay the Mm. ransom. And the reason is that with the world that we live in, one has to respond very quickly. You don't have time to go out and hunt for the attacker, which you're not going to find anyway. And you don't have time to reconfigure all your systems to get you back on the road. 
So what you end up doing and what has become an interesting discussion at boards is you end up paying the ransomware and subsequently fixing the control inadequacies so that you prevent the actual ransom from happening again. Mm. So, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Big but there. The attackers are becoming smarter than we are. Mm. So there's a fundamental problem that I've identified many years ago, and that is to become a hacker, you don't need massive budgets or anything. It starts off with a little youngster in a coffee shop who knows how to code. The freeware that's out there is easy to get your hands on. So the budget required for a hacker to develop an attack is minimal, Mm -hmm. but the budget required for most businesses to defend is massive. So it's an inappropriate equation. Let me ask, first of all, are there measures that one can take in advance to prevent uh, hacking? And secondly, I suppose, allied to that is, you know, how, how long are they, are they useful for? I mean, as you say, you've, you've got this sort of pimply 20 year old sitting in his bedroom, uh, planning an attack on you for ransom. And he's just getting, he's just getting ahead all the time, um, from a, from a, a, a digital knowledge point of view. So if, can you put uh, measures in place and do those, do those, how long do those measures last? How long do you, do you have to upgrade them or reconsider them? Sure. So, yes, you can put measures in place, and it all starts with knowing and understanding your cybersecurity vulnerabilities. Mm -hmm. If you don't measure something, you can't manage it. So it starts by understanding, doing assessments, and you, in the ES advert that you um, flighted a bit earlier, they spoke about an audit. I'll come back to the point of audits because the, that talks to how often. Mm. So, yes, you've got to do a continuous measurement of your cybersecurity resilience. Mm. And to do that, you have to deploy the right techniques and technology. Mm. This is all about technology. You can't do it manually. Mm. What you also have to do is you have to provide your boards and executives with assurance that those controls that you've identified through the assessment are operating effectively. Mm. Mm. Then what you've got to do is you've got to identify weaknesses and what we call patch them immediately. So your updates have to be done continuously. If you think about your telephone or your cell phone Mm. or your mobile phone, you continuously see whether it's Apple or Android, Mm. you will be getting regular updates. The reason you're getting there is they're closing vulnerabilities. And the same thing applies to computer systems, to your laptop, to your servers, and every router and switch. You have to keep them updated regularly. So this was an interesting thing that helped me develop our business because my background is electrical engineering and auditing, and then I combined the two into cybersecurity. But what I realized in the audit firms is that they come in and they do a, a very minimalistic audit once or twice a year, mm-hmm. maximum. That's not good enough. Mm-hmm. So what we did is we turned our audit background on its head and we've developed a system which runs continuously. And that answers your question. Mm-hmm. It's got to be done on a continuous and consistent basis mm-hmm. All the time, because hackers are developing new software all the time. I mean, their only business is to 
is to is to best you um, at, at at every turn. Um, so essentially, it's 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 got to be treated as an aspect of running your business in the same way you would look at you know keep the the, the financial issues turning over and uh, human resources. It's it's ongoing and it's it's continuous. You you cannot you cannot avoid it or you take huge risks if you if you try to do so. Um, can you give an idea of sort of are is the private sector sort of generally alert to this and covered, or do we, do, we, do does it have a long way to go on in in being prepared and ready for it? So the private sector is relatively aware of it, but they're not doing enough to prevent it, and so we're seeing a significant increase in attacks um, by. Uh, attackers on the private sector. Um, it's a continuous um, fight between these various attackers, but private sector is making a lot more um, progress than compared to government. Mm. And my real concern is the government aspect of it as well, mm. because we all as private sector rely on government to, pro- to actually supply the water and the electricity mm. and all the requirements we need. If there were to be a cyber attack on government now, they would not be prepared mm. for it. I guarantee you that. And the reason is there's such a shortage of skills in this area that they simply can't afford to get them. Mm. More than that, they're also relying on the, the BEE requirements. So to get a suitably qualified BEE Candidate to manage cyber security is like looking for a needle in a haystack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it's the uh, it's 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 the pro- it's, it's the problem South Africa faces in a, in a whole range of, of sectors. I mean, from what you're saying, I mean, literally a cyber attacker could could go into the systems at ESCOM and pull down the grid. I mean, even though it's not an easy thing to do, it's not, it won't easily be done in the normal course, but they could literally just say, okay, you know, let's really mix things up a bit and, and, and go into those systems. So if tomorrow there were to be an attack by the Ukraine on South Africa for supporting Russia, mm. it would be very easy for them to do. Because mm. mm. I gather, I gather <laughs> the U- Ukrainians are are particularly good on on this on uh, um, this sort of stuff, but but uh, cyber attacks in particular. Um, so it's not beyond the realms of possibility that uh, you could wreak very much more havoc than the government would ever anticipate by simply saying, "Well, you know, Russia's our friend, and America can exactly. can go to hell." What you are doing is you entering the realm of cyber, what we call cyber warfare. Mm-hmm. And the next big war is predicted to be a cyber war. Mm-hmm. It will not be like the last Second World War where you had troops on the ground. It's going to be dominated by the countries that have the, the military power to run cyber wars. And for that reason, when Trump was in power, you saw that he... Um, took the defences, the, the armed forces, and he created a cyber unit. Mm-hmm. And it's those cyber units that you need to protect the country's um, infrastructure mm. from attack. The other problem, and then we'll come back to business, is that these massive attacks all start with a cyber warfare, 
But once an attack has gone global, it's impossible to stop it. They know no boundaries. Mm. The software actually doesn't know any boundaries. So it may start out as an attack on infrastructure, but it will soon spread to business. And we've seen it. We've got a number of clients in the logistics space, Mm. very similar to the DISCIM delivery. Mm. And they've been attacked and they've lived through the attack because they have the actual preventative measures in place and they were able to detect it on time. Mm -hmm. So businesses who are not measuring, not detecting, and certainly not training their staff are going to be prone to attack. Unfortunately. In your experience, what, what sort of uh, government functions have been subject to, uh, to attack? We've seen Cyril Ramaphosa's own emails being attacked. Right. We've seen those exposed all the time. It hasn't been one attack on his email. It's been five or six that I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. We see attacks on the infrastructure all the time. We can actually see the monitoring of key points in the country, and we've seen them being attacked, and you'll never hear about this on um, the general (laughs) airway. It's very quickly hushed up. But I I would like to know what bribes and what uh, ransoms these guys are paying. Mm. Because I assume that if, 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 if the, if their response to, to cyber attacks and cyber warfare is any, is anything like their policy positions on almost everything else, um, attack happens, a ransom does or doesn't get paid or whatever happens and nothing happens. Nothing is put in place. Uh, the skills, as you say, just never there to create the, uh, the bulwark against, against the stuff. And that's the interesting thing. You know, if you were, I listened to your talking a little bit earlier where you talked about um, delay tactics and kicking the can mm. down the road. When a cyber attack happens, there's no time for delay. Mm-hmm. Your incident response has to be instant. And this is the problem with our government. They wait and they'll set up a commission to see who attacked them. And in the meantime, the damage is being done. Mm. Where, I mean... Who, which country or, or entity outside of South Africa offers the most sort of helpful assistance to people in your line of work in South Africa, or where are the best systems to be found? Because presumably, we can't create any. We can't create everything. No, so I might be a little bit biased, but certainly in my experience, and I've had a lot of experience, um, Israel for. Its dependency on or to survive has to rely on the development of cybersecurity techniques and tools, which includes software as well as training. So Israel is probably one of the best, but very closely followed by France mm-hmm. and That's the United States. That's interesting because one doesn't one doesn't France? hear France's name mentioned. No. Um, it's it's. But I'll tell you why, because France has a huge aircraft industry. Oh. So Airbus is the fundamental industry that has to be supported by cybersecurity. Right. Right. And so you do find that in France. Um the UK is also caught up now. Okay. So they're not far behind. So some of the best software for defenses that we're seeing is coming out of the UK, Israel, France yeah. and the United, United States. States. 
just to go on to the sort of issue, the topic of the moment, and that is artificial intelligence, and particularly with people starting to use uh, systems like um, ChatGPT and GPT and those sorts of things. I mean, I'm a bit, I'm very unknowledgeable on on uh, on artificial intelligence, but it strikes me that a lot of damage surely could be done if a cyber attack is is perpetuated on on one of these platforms. So the attackers have realized that, and for many years they've been creating vulnerabilities for attack to be exploited using artificial intelligence. A simple um, example of that would be a, a piece of code that we call a password cracker. Mm-hmm. What the code does is it scans your network and it tries to crack your passwords. And eventually, with a powerful enough computer, it will crack passwords. Mm-hmm. That's all you need to do. But the easier way is to use artificial intelligence to understand people, mm. what you then do. And this also talks to social media. So the, the AI and these bots, they understand people, they go out and they research people. And then they create what we call a spear phishing attack. So they will target you with a phishing attack. Mm. But they'll know all about you. They'll know what your interests are, and they'll get you to click on a link. Mm. All of that has been automated now using AI. Yeah. No, that's that's something that's sort of gone through my mind is is that surely it's uh, it can't be impervious, and the results can be uh, can, can be spectacular. Graham. That's all we have time for, but I thank you very much for coming on because I think we've been exposed to something that should give us pause for thought and make us not a little nervous. Uh, we should be very nervous. And, uh, <laughs> okay, so I'll change that. So very nervous. Thing, and be very nervous, be aware, and make sure that you actually do measure and understand your resilience. Super. Thanks, Graham. Much appreciated.